Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Good morning, church. Good morning, friends. It is so good to see you this morning. I hope you enjoyed that video as much as I did. It was so great to be able to see so many of your faces and just the excitement of coming back together. Wow, I hope that I get to see so many of you next Sunday, June 14th at 10 a.m. So much has happened in one week and we get to see so much more happen in another. And so we will see you at 10 a.m. next week. Um, until then, here we are. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I also want to just make another quick note as well. We understand that there is a lot of different feelings on how quickly we should go and whether we should wait, uh, whether we should just kind of sit still. And uh, as pastors, uh, talking to different pastor friends of mine and, and different people, we are feeling this tension. We are feeling the tension from people who are ready for us to get going, and they're kind of upset with us. And then there's a group as well that are like, hey, hold on, and they're equally upset. And there's just different feelings about what we should do. And so um, I just ask that you have patience with us. We are doing the best that we can with our board and our staff to make the right decisions for our church right here. And so help us uh, just be encouraging and just know that we might make mistakes along the way, but we are doing the absolute best that we can. And I also want to give some permissions. You have permission to not come. I've heard some parents with um, younger kids that they're like, my kids will get into everything and touch everybody. We're just going to hold off. And I want to give you permission. That's okay. And for some of you who are maybe just kind of dealing with some vulnerabilities of health and you're just like, I don't feel comfortable. You have permission not to come. And just know that, that we have asked our volunteers to wear masks for the time being. If you wear a mask, wonderful. If you don't, wonderful. But what I will say to you is, would you please do your best to still follow the CDC guidelines? We are providing an atmosphere here at our church where you can be properly spaced and that you can tell that we have done our due diligence of taking care of you. Now, you can go on our website, lifemn.org, and you will see our COVID-19 preparedness plan. We are also mailing them out. We are finding different ways to get this into your hand. We'll have it posted here as well, so you can see that we have done our due diligence to take care of our church family and our visitors and the people who come and join us in worship. And so I, I hope that you feel like that we have done what we can to be able to put our church in the best place possible moving forward. Also, we now have um, a YouTube channel where we're going to be going live on YouTube. And if you want to see past sermons, you want to see some other videos that we've put on there, you can just search up um, on, I don't know why I'm doing this hand motion here, but you can search up in, in YouTube and you can just look up Life Assembly M 
and for Minnesota. And you will find us. You'll find our LA logo there. And I want to invite you to subscribe so you can see all the new stuff coming out. But you can watch live on there or on Facebook. And we will be doing live services starting next week as well. So you can be a part and worship with us. And the reason why we went to one service is because this week, Governor Walls, and we know that we've had to pivot and change so many times, um, made the adjustment that by Wednesday, we can have 50% occupancy. And so that allowed us to go from two services, which we had planned for, to one. And so we're pumped, we're excited to see you, and we um, understand that you need to do what's right for you and your family. And so we support that. Now, I, I, have, I have really wrestled this week with what to talk about. I think partly because I have been going through my own things. I've been going through my, my own challenges and working my way through what we've all seen between the pandemic and between the um, protests and the riots and, and the murder of, of George Floyd right before our eyes. And we have had tremendous opportunities to minister as a church, uh, but we've also needed to grieve. And I, I have been working through this tension of excitement on one side because I've seen so many great things. I've seen our church and our community rally behind uh, giving of food and supplies in I, can't, I, I think that we are close to 11 cars right now, carloads that we've brought to ministries that nobody else had brought to. And we are, are I'm seeing this part of, of the Christians and, and people around rallying behind um, some darkness now in our history. And at the same time, I'm still weighed so heavily with what has happened and what we've seen. And, and I know that you're with me. I know that you're feeling these things too and this tension. And with that said, today I really fell on Jesus' teaching on who is my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? And the first time that we, we see him talk about this is the parable of, of the Good Samaritan. And in Luke chapter 10, starting at, at verse 25, there's this lawyer who stood up and, and began to test Jesus. And he, they started going with this interaction. And, and he, he said to him, um, how do I inherit eternal life. And, and Jesus then began to talk with him, realizing that he's talking to a lawyer who's trying to trip him up. And, and he tells him that, that you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with your strength. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the lawyer then, you know, who is highly intelligent and trying to trip Jesus up says, well, why don't you tell me who's your neighbor, right? And so Jesus then tells a story and, and he tells this famous story of the, it's called the Good Samaritan. And you've got this person who, who was between Jerusalem and Jericho. It, it's a very well-known path there. And somebody was beaten. They were robbed. They, they were just in, in, in total, they were a disaster. And, and the first person that Jesus describes walking by him was a priest, a Jewish priest priest and he's talking to this Jewish lawyer and, and he says look he, he went right by him and he said but there was this Samaritan and of course the good Samaritan right and, and he went there and he began to take care of him and nurture and heal and, and he didn't stop there he didn't stop there he began to find a way to be able to get him into a place of healing and it says that he paid for his stay 
so he could continue getting healed up. And then Jesus looked at, at, at him and said, who is the neighbor? And he said, well, of, of course, the good Samaritan. And then Jesus said, okay, you're right. Now go and, and do likewise. That's who your neighbor is. And when Jesus brought up a Samaritan, he was pitting against a race issue. Think of that. He was going at a race issue right here with talking about who your neighbor is. And Jesus it, it does this again in the book of James, and we're going to talk about that. But when he, when he did that, the Samaritans were a mixed group of people. They were half Jew and half Assyrian. They had their own Torah. They had their own place to worship. They were, had to be separate from the Jews. The Jews were not even to interact with them. In fact, they would, instead of going through their city to get to another location, they would go around so they didn't even have to interact with these people. And so Jesus brought the race relations right to the surface and pointed out and said, this is how you be a good neighbor. You take care of each other and you take care of people. Then we see in James chapter 2. I'm going to start reading here in verse chapter or verse 1. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourself and become judges with evil thoughts? Now, here... We're seeing favoritism, right? We're seeing people making judgments based on the appearance of somebody. So maybe they think, oh, look, that person must have money, so I'm going to give them favor. But look at what happens in verse 8. This is James chapter 2, verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So verse 9, but... If you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law of transgressors. We see a clear distinction from Jesus here talking about who is your neighbor by the Good Samaritan and showing favoritism. That when we have prejudices, when we have areas in our lives that are giving favor to groups of people, it clearly says, partiality, you are committing sin. Friends, this is, this is really a pretty heavy thing. And it goes on to say, and this is what Billy Graham is, is so famous for, and he says this in every single one of his gospel presentations. He says, if you've committed one sin, you've committed them all. And that's exactly uh, what it says right after Verse 9, when we harbor ill feelings and negativity and judgments, it is time for us, friends, to repent of these ways. It is time for us to make changes in ways that we were brought up and how we were taught. It is time for us as a church to lead the way when we are talking about everybody. Now, I have, I have been saying for a long time, and if you were able to watch that video, you hear me say, 
that I believe that we are in the kindest church in Minnesota. Why? Because I've been in some churches and I've been here and I see you. I see how you interact with people. I see that regardless of their race and ethnicity, that you are excited when people come. Why is that? Because you believe that people need Jesus. You believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing that they could ever have. And that is why you look at them. The, the Bible tells us that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And in the same way, we replicate that. We show kindness because we want people to come to repentance. We want people to come and to worship our Heavenly Father, who is the Father of kindness and love and mercy and grace. And that that is why we need to lead the way. Friends, we need to lead the way. We cannot be people that are treating people like the Jews and Samaritans were. We cannot be the people in James chapter 2 that, that are showing partiality and, and they're, they're showing favoritism to people because how they look. Instead, say with me, instead, we need to be people of love and kindness, and mercy, and drawing people in, because that is what God has done with us, and that's what we need to do with others. And I think I need to hear an amen right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. There we go. I'm hearing an amen today, because this is the way that we need to think, and the way that we need to be, and the way that we need to be able to replicate the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people that we can impact. Okay, Thank you. Now, this is what we're going to do right now. I am, I wrote a prayer because sometimes I just, I need to um, just take some time and really think it through. And so I'm going to um, just pray with you a prayer of uh, repentance because I think that, and, and I've, I know that others have done this as well. And uh, th this week I was at North Central University and this is the, the day after the funeral for George um, Floyd was there. And there were pastors that came from all over our state and our um, executive uh, team and our superintendent came. And, and we had a time of prayer and a time of lifting up the name of Jesus together. And there was times of repentance and asking for forgiveness. And, and I think that we need to do that right here as a church as well. And that's for me, and that is for you as well. And I, I just want to encourage you as I read this to join with me. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. I ask for your forgiveness for myself, our church, and our nation, for a history of neglect, abuse, and racism. Heavenly Father, I ask you to purge our hearts. I pray that we do not become people that are so focused on everybody else and what they do, but instead going before you and admitting our own faults and our own wrongs. Heavenly Father, humble us. Help us to ask for forgiveness for those that we have wronged. I pray that we can love our neighbors as ourselves and refrain from favoritism and inequities. Give us a soft and tender heart so your spirit can do a mighty work in us, but also make our heads like flint 
and as solid as a rock when it comes to your word and your ways. Humble us. Heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you prayed that with me today. And I also hope that you realize that even though maybe you feel like you have done no wrong, that we still must humble ourselves and we still need to ask the Lord, is there something in my heart that is wrong? Is there something in my thinking that is wrong? And if so, reveal it to me. I have found that when I ask the Lord to reveal things to me, he does. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to say one more time, God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. But next week is going to be a great week. And I look forward to seeing you Sunday, June 14th at 10 a.m. We'll see you there. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.